Hi, thanks for listening to our sermon podcast, Second on the Mount. I'm George Anderson, minister at Second Presbyterian in Roanoke, Virginia. I do not take it for granted that people sit in the pews on Sunday morning or listen to these podcasts hoping to hear something that connects them to God, to each other, to the world. And so I spend hours seeking the right word for the right time and said in the right way. I welcome your feedback. I encourage your sharing this sermon with anyone it might benefit. And I hope you'll return to this podcast again or come visit us for worship. We'd be happy to have you. I ask you to pretend a little bit this morning. Let's pretend that this sermon is coming last weekend and that George didn't have to come up with a sermon on a two days notice. Let's pretend I never had to call him on Friday and beg him, and I mean beg him, to let me take the Sunday off and for him to take the sermon. And let's pretend that the confirmation class is here, or at least hopefully they're out there somewhere or joining us online. But in all seriousness, I do thank George for stepping up and taking and delivering a wonderful sermon, much needed at that time. and. And to Elizabeth for all the work she did yes, last weekend with the pancake breakfast and all that. But hey, that's life and that's ministry. And so I give thanks for these two ministers that they picked up the slack of what George mentioned last Sunday of a flawed minister that I am. But this sermon was going to be directed to, specifically to the confirmation class as we celebrated their hard work and their commitment to and their confession of faith. And as we witnessed and celebrated two baptisms that day as well. So let's just keep that in mind. Again, pretend maybe. Let's keep that in mind as we go about it. But I do hope that the sermon by the power of the Holy Spirit might just be the sermon that we need to hear today. So let us pray. Oh God, grant that the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight. And may the imperfections of this sermon and this servant be met with the perfection of your love and grace. Amen. So our scripture reading for today comes from Isaiah 42, verses 1 through 9. This is the first of four servant songs that we find in Isaiah. Listen to this servant song as the servant is introduced and then is given a mission. And most importantly, listen for God's word to us. Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break, and a dimly burning wick. He will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow faint or be crushed until he has established justice in the earth and the coastlands wait for his teaching. Thus says God, the Lord, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to the people upon it and spirit to those who walk in it. 
I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I have taken you by the hand and kept I have given you as a covenant to the people, a light to the nations to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison, those who sit in darkness. I am the Lord. That is my name. My glory I give to no no other, nor my praise to idols. See, the former things have come to pass, and new things I now declare. Before they spring up, I tell you of them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The servant of Isaiah's servant songs, the one called by God, will be patient, nonviolent, and merciful. God's chosen will bring forth justice, but justice through gentleness and care. The servant of God will be inclined toward helping those who are vulnerable, nurturing ideas, still finding ground, protecting and encouraging the least of creation. A bruised reed, he will not quench, Isaiah said. A dimly burning wick, he will not quench. As Stephanie Paulsell described in her commentary, God's servant will protect what is weak until it is strong enough to stand and keeps gentle hands cupped around a weak flame until it can burn on its own. This is a startling contrast to the, leader, to the leaders around the world who seek out war and violence to further their own agenda, mostly at the expense of others. Leaders who shame and bash others, banging their own drums and raising their own voice to muddle the voices of those they oppose, or worse, those they serve. What would it look like if those in positions of power sought to quietly give tender care to the bruised reeds and the dimly burning wicks of the world? Paul Sell continues, over the quick satisfaction of shock and awe, the servant chooses patient but never-ceasing work for justice. Work that takes root, work that steadily fans good ideas into flames. The servant of God will be persistent in patience, never-ending in nurture and offer quiet care for those around them. But who is this servant of God? Some scholars have theorized it to be a particular person. Perhaps Cyrus, the historical king of Persia who defeated Babylon and allowed Israel to return to her homeland and rebuild the temple. Cyrus is mentioned several times as a servant of God throughout Isaiah. Or perhaps Isaiah is pointing back to Abraham and the justice that came from the covenant of blessings. Or to Moses and the justice God revealed through the Torah. Other scholars think Isaiah wasn't pointing to a particular person, but pointing to a community, a people perhaps Israel. 
Israel is explicitly mentioned in other parts of Isaiah as being God's chosen servant. But as Christians, we cannot help but hear and see the work and person of Jesus Christ. The people around Jesus wanted him to raise his voice, shout out against Rome and overthrow the government, be the triumphant king they expected. He preached gentleness and love. And he told others not to tell others about him. Jesus cared for the lowly, the oppressed. He cured and healed, restored and forgave and gave his life in sacrificial love. And he chose a donkey instead of a war horse. You see, we must remember that Jesus knew Isaiah's words. Jesus knew these images of Scripture, and he modeled his ministry after such symbols and hopes and visions found in Scripture. Jesus reads from Isaiah in the synagogue as a child, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me to proclaim to the captives and release to the captives and recover the sight of the blind to let the oppressed go free. And when Jesus came out of the waters of the Jordan at baptism, The heavens were opened to him, and the Spirit of God descended like a dove on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. This is the commissioning moment of Jesus, a commissioning to a vocation of servanthood. Jesus even said himself, I came not to be served, but to serve. But we cannot stop there. Biblical scholar Paul Hansen finds in this passage not a reference to any one historical person or community, but, quote, a catalyst for reflection on the nature of the response demanded of those who have received a call from God. You see, in these servant songs in our passage for today, We have a portrait of the servant, but it is also a silhouette. Anyone who brings light and hope to those around them stands in the place of the servant. Here is my servant, God says at the beginning. And then halfway through, here are you. Just as the heavens opened and the Spirit of God descended on Jesus, God's love washes over us through the waters of baptism as we are called beloved children of God with whom God is well pleased. And so too, it is our commissioning to a vocation of servanthood. We are the servant. We individually and we collectively. If the servant is one who will not cry or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street, then we can work for the good of others by doing small acts of kindness without needing the acknowledgement or praise from others. If the servant is one who will care and protect a bruised reed, then we can protect and care for the vulnerable in our community, those who are hurting or in pain, the homeless, the elderly, and the uninsured, and even the classmate who needs a friend. 
If the servant is one who will not quench a dimly burning wick, then we can cup our hands around and encourage the dreams of our young people until the flames are shining bright on their own. Here is my servant, and here is you. Here is you, Second Presbyterian Church, as you tutor at Highland Park, knit hats to keep kids warm at winter, and give hours at the Presbyterian Community Center through their Pathways program. Here is you, Second Presbyterian Church, as you collect coats for kids at the West End Center and Christmas gifts for the aging. Here is you, Second Presbyterian Church, as you give money each month to the local outreach offering that seeks to serve the underserved and underprivileged in our community. Here is you, Second Presbyterian Church, as you continue to collect funds for Ukraine relief that to date has surpassed $23,000. Here is you, Second Presbyterian Church, as you raised $1.7 million dedicated to the sole work of mission, caring for people's minds, bodies, and souls locally, nationally, and globally. Here is my servant, and here is you. But even though we are called to be servants of God, we must also be aware that we too are the bruised reeds. That we too are the dimly burning wicks. There are times in life when chaos is rampant. When we don't know what to do, when we are weighed down by life's burdens. Times when we try and try and try yet we feel too small to make any difference in the world, like our efforts won't change a thing. Here we must accept and acknowledge that we are no more than the bruised reeds and dimly burning wicks that need help and encouragement, protection and care. For we are imperfect servants, cracked and broken. Yet it is in this brokenness, in our brokenness, that God and the servant Christ is continually at work, loving and protecting us until our stems take root and until our flames shine bright on their own once again. Beloved servants, the God who created the heavens and stretched them out, who created the earth and put everything in it, this God has breathed life into you, called you in righteousness, and has taken you by the hand. You are not alone and you will never be alone. With God shining in and through our brokenness, may we join Christ in the work to open the eyes that are blinded by power, greed, and hate. Release those who are imprisoned by systemic challenges of violence and discrimination to clear out the dark prisons of poverty and inequality. Here is my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen in whom my soul delights. Here is my servant, 
and here is you. Amen. Second Presbyterian, finding direction by following Jesus.